Alrighty, welcome to another episode of Tutties and Trays. Um, my brother Josh couldn't be here today, but we have special guest Mark Epley here with us, aka the White Stallion. What's up, Mark? Nothing much, man. It's good to be back. It's good to be podcasting again. I'm really excited, and I appreciate you having me on, man. I know we, uh, me and Josh, my brother, we enjoyed having you on on that previous episode talking about the NFL, and honestly. The NBA is over, and so now it's time for some football. So that we're going to just crack right into some NFL action. So, oh man, so ready and for I know, it! I know you're ready. So, like, and I'm I'm excited too. So, um, just just to kind of recap, you know, we we've had like six, seven weeks of football, man. What, in your opinion, Mark? What's been the biggest the biggest surprise so far out of you know the first couple, first six to seven weeks of the season? So are you talking about just like a team in general or just like something like an element? A big anything, surprise? anything NFL, it could be team, it could be player, it could be um, coach. I mean, it could be anything, to be honest. Um, that's going to sound a little bit biased here, but I think um, honestly the Raiders going into Kansas City and beating the Chiefs, biggest oh, surprise was, to me. That was huge, man. And they not only did they beat them, they freaking smashed them. Right. I mean, I think the score is a little bit misleading. It was a close game for most of it. And then the second half, it was all Raiders. But Mm -hmm. I think just that game, especially if you look at the history of Derek Carr against the Chiefs, especially in Kansas City. I mean, Derek Carr looks like, I mean, he looks like Johnny Manziel in Kansas Mm -hmm. City. He looks horrible. (laughs) He's throwing picks. You know, it's I like a really common Derek Carr stat line for you know, him in Kansas city is sub 200 yards, passing a couple interceptions and the inability to move the ball, maybe 13 points Mm -hmm. Um, going in there and putting up 40, I think was, you know, made me really happy, but also I was quite honestly, if I thought the Raiders were going to be the chiefs, it was going to be at home this year, but to go into Kansas city and do it, that was a huge surprise for me. Big win for the Raiders organization. Oh, for sure. Oh no, I got you, man. And I, I definitely agree. It was a big statement win, I, and especially for John Gruden and Mike uh, Mayock, who's really trying to rebrand, re you know, uh, reinstitute a new culture there with the the Raiders, especially moving to Vegas. So, I think I think that was an excellent statement win for that organization. Yeah. Um, I, me, my biggest surprise, honestly, I know you, you might think differently, but I think the biggest surprise out of the first you know, six to seven weeks is the fact that the Browns aren't literally zero and six <laughs> and zero and seven. They are. They, I think they're five and two. Like yeah, like holy smokes! Like is this is this Cleveland? You know, is this the real Browns that we're seeing, or is this like smoke and mirrors? And it's really someone else. You know, like I just I just can't believe it, man. And honestly, <laughs> I think you know it. I mean, I'm not a Browns fan. But I will say they are a team that I've wanted to win for a while just to just to see them not suck anymore. So do I think going forward they have all the right pieces to make the playoffs? Probably yes. But we still have a whole second half of the season. So a lot can happen. So I'm not going to I'm not going to jump on the train, you know, and call it that they're going to make the playoffs just yet. But I will say they have an identity. They're they're uh, they run the ball really well. They mm-hmm. have a pretty good offensive line, um, and Baker needs to improve. But 
honestly, I think having that identity as a run team first definitely opens up the play action pass and helps Baker Mayfield a lot. So, that's no, I agree like, with you, man. Like that, that's been one team. They were kind of one of my choices. I, I kind of figured you would go that direction. So I mm-hmm. stayed away, but just the way that I know you say Baker Mayfield has to improve. And I think that's true, but just the way that Kevin Stefanski has been able to get in there and really manage that offense and really manage Baker Mayfield and turning him from like a turnover prone quarterback to an actual serviceable quarterback, I think made all the difference in the world for Cleveland. So that that's been quite surprising that they've been able to do that to your point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, when it, now I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. When it comes to the biggest di- uh, disappointment, I mean, hands down, I think the imploding of the Dallas Cowboys is probably the biggest disappointment, not only from my perspective as a, as a Cowboy fan, but I guess as a league you know, uh, perspective because their defense is awful, dude. I think it's like the worst. <laughs> it's up there. It's, it's up there with my Raiders. Ah, dude, they're so bad, dude. I mean, it's very unfortunate that Dak, you know, obviously had that injury and, you know, it's, it's really sad, but Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, you could make a strong case right now for the Cowboys that they should endeavor for Trevor, dude. You know, they should, (laughs) they should try to get Trevor Lawrence. And I mean, I know, I know everyone, you know, loves Dak on that team, but a smart business move. And, you know, once again, this is a league, it is a business. I think you could get a cheaper quarterback, which with a lot more promise than risking it all with Dak. So that's just my opinion. But um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? And then after that, like, who do you think is your biggest disappointment so far? So honestly, with the Cowboys, I'm not like disappointed with them because I kind of expected your defense to suck and your offense to be great. I just think that that Dak injury is just catastrophic for your franchise. Anytime you lose a franchise quarterback like that. And yes, I am saying Dak is a franchise quarterback. He is that good. You know, your team's just going to suffer. So I'm, I'm not going to say they're disappointing. I, I'd say they're just more unlucky this year a little bit more because I think they could have won quite a few games with Dak and company, putting up as mm-hmm. many points as they did and doing that offense. I mean, even like, I, I forget, it was like week one or two, you were all excited when they came back against the Falcons. I mean, they've got that kind of ability. <laughs> it's just injury. Yeah. And then the defense is bad, but I kind of expected that. So that's not too disappointing to me. Gotcha. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams I could go. I could go Vikings, Falcons. I'm looking at it, Niners even, even though the record doesn't necessarily say it. But I think there's one mm-hmm. clear winner in the disappointment department, and I think that is the Houston Texans. Um, oh, yeah, dude. That's a team, like, with a quarterback that's, you know, when he's healthy and he has a good offensive line around him, I mean, he's – putting up Patrick Mahomes type numbers like he's that good mm-hmm. um, and I, I would say he is on that level I just think he's on a crappier team and it's been so disappointing to see the deconstruction of this roster over the past three four years where Bill O'Brien just I don't know what he was doing he basically you know kamikaze the roster into the into the pavement with all of his <laughs> GM decisions it's so mm-hmm. disappointing because I love Deshaun Watson. Like he's one of my favorite players in the league. He's just just that good of a quarterback, but he's stuck on such a crappy team. It is it's disappointing and sad to see. So I think the Houston Texans with that kind of quarterback is very disappointing that they can't support him. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy because if you think about last year where they were, I mean, they made the playoffs and then they won. You know, J.J. Watt finally won his first playoff game in like forever. Right. You know, and then, um, you know, they had that heartbreaking loss. But then Bill O'Brien took a page out of Chip Kelly's book and just <laughs> traded away their best player, you know. And it, it, it's hard to say that one player can, can make such an impact on a team. But in all reality, I think DeAndre Hopkins was – was that kind of impact player where he really mm-hmm. actually opened up the field for all of the other receivers as well as for the run game. And it's, they're suffering right now. They don't, they don't really have like that go-to like superstar dominant, you know, kind of receiver. And so it's kind of, their offense is really struggling, you know, and it's just, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like it's, it's very disappointing. Yep. It's just the thing that doesn't make sense to me is your offensive line kind of sucks. Your defense hasn't been good and you trade away your best playmaking wide receiver for your superstar quarterback. Like, I just don't understand the logic behind that. But instead of harping on Bill O'Brien, who's gone, uh, let's just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, we could probably no, talk about for a full episode of his bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I and I, I've actually heard rumors. Obviously, these are rumors. It's not true. But, you know, there was a, a reporter in Houston that said, all right, Houston, take a breath. It's actually time to trade J.J. Watt away. And I I don't think that will happen, but there have been rumors that the Seattle Seahawks uh, were rumored to try to acquire him. But right. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. He's the, he's the heart and soul of that team right now. I mean, he he brings so much energy to that city, especially, you know, during the hurricane and the floods, you know, that were happening in, in Houston. So he's yep. – if if they trade him away, dude, I there's gonna be riots, <laughs> right? Like it's gonna be bad. The ultimate punt from an organization. I mean, just imagine yourself as a Texans fan. Just have this generational special quarterback who who reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers in his younger mm-hmm. years, and just no one around him. How disheartening is that? You finally get the guy, and now your team's just garbage. Oh man, that yeah. would suck. Well, I will say, kind of leading up to my our discussion questions that we're going to talk about, one player who, you know, kind of was the GOAT, who is the GOAT probably, of, of just the NFL, you know, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. going to the Bucks, who were awful with Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Uh, the king of interceptions, I will say. The crown goes to him. Yep, no debate. Um, I know. And, uh, you know, what do you think about Brady? I mean – there was a lot of questions whether, you know, he'd be successful without Bill Belichick, you know, without all of his go-to receivers that he's had for, you know, years in New England and coming to a whole new system with Bruce Arians. And, you know, so far, I think what they're, are they five and two or six and two, five and two, I five think, and right? two, I believe. Let me, let me double check yeah. on that for the fans. But, uh, I I just think it's crazy how much you know he's still he's still dominating. I mean, yep. it's in my opinion it's a little awkward because once if you think about it, he was married to New England for twenty years, mm-hmm. so he's he's learning new terminology. You know, still learning how to connect to some of these receivers. But I mean, it's it's crazy how how much he's still a dominant quarterback. Yes, um, they are five and two. Audience, just clearing the air here. I think, I think what it's – the crazy thing about Brady is kind of the last few years in New England, and, and there was a lot of times that this was the case, is that offense didn't really look too easy and it wasn't necessarily Brady. 
I mean, it was very grindy, very four yard and four yard here, mm-hmm. six yard here, you know, eight to 10 yards here. I think in Tampa guys are just open. He makes it look so freaking easy. I mean, he's just on a whole nother level of picking apart defenses. He has never lost. And he's kind of got that receiving talent to go along with it. Um, mm-hmm. All that firepower. I mean, especially against the Raiders. I, I go back to that game. I mean, it was just, it was just completion after completion after completion. And it was just a well-oiled machine. And yeah, Brady is dominant. Brady's back. And uh, there's no doubt who the king of football is in my mind. It's Tom Brady still. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that you said is, you know, the firepower that he has. I mean, uh, they just signed Antonio Brown. I mean, it seems that it seems like, well, the mentality there with between all of the weapons that he has, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, you have Gronk, you have, I think, OJ Howard, but he is out for the season, I believe. Yeah, but he's, he's still. He was still a, he's still a huge threat. I mean, he's a he's a really good you know tight end receiver ish player. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then then you add Leonard Fournette. You have um, who's the starting running back? You have the whoever's starting Ronald Jones. Yeah, him. And then you add Antonio Brown. I mean, it seems like it seems like everyone wants to win. I mean, I I haven't seen reports that they're kind of mad that you know um, that the ball's not. There's too many, you know, mouths to feed, so to speak. But it seems like the culture there is, the, you know, when you bring Brady in and you want to win now, it seems like everyone just wants to win. And so um, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I know you're a Raiders fan, and obviously you had a, probably a month or two months of having Antonio Brown on your team. But, uh, what, I mean, what do you think this means for the Bucks and as well as for, uh, I guess, Antonio Brown's future? You know, um, it's weird. I, I think Brady and AB obviously want to play together. I mean, they signed him in New England for a game until allegations came out. Then they released him. I mean, I don't think this is a long-term marriage. I don't think any team with Antonio Brown at this point is a long-term marriage just because of how unstable he is in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. what this means in the short-term future is that this is the most explosive offense in football. You think of explosive offenses, you think of like the Chiefs, you think of the Ravens, you think of the Packers. Brady mm-hmm. and the Bucks are the best. I, like, I, don't, I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care what anything else says. I mean, when you talk about blow for blow, like let's just think about it in the Super Bowl. If you think about blow for blow, that Tampa is going to out-offense Kansas City, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, you're going to have a guy, Antonio Brown. I know he's 31, 32 years old. He has a headache, so we'll we'll see pending there. If anything happens, you know, anything crazy where he ends up getting released. <laughs> but if not, I mean, how are you going to cover this team? I mean, you've got two number one receivers, Mike Evans, who's a dominant number one, and Antonio Brown, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, lining up across from each other. And then, like you said, Gronk, um, Godwin. This guy, Scotty Miller, like a four three six guy who can stretch the field. How are you going to stop this offense? Mm-hmm. Tell me. I mean, I guess pressure on Brady, but his offensive line's pretty good. He has a pretty good defense. I mean, this is the Super Bowl team. This is this is who's winning it all, and I'm calling it right now. <laughs> uh, you know, they 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 do look good, and I will say, I did pick him up in fantasy. Tom Brady and good <laughs> money this form, so I can't really argue there. So, um. You know, another quarterback that has been surprisingly pretty good 
is my man A A Rod Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know, uh, you know, Mark is is Aaron Rodgers back in di- the full discount double check mode? Is he is he in the MVP you know kind of conversation? Because I feel like the Packers, a lot of people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit, but they have a pretty explosive offense as well as they have a pretty good defense as well. So, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and um, and kind of like his kind of like uh, rejuvenation at least the past like two seasons? You know. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I will say, like he's the quarterback this year that is doing the most with less. Because when you think about it, they didn't add any. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae Adams is back this year. You know, they got a lot of those guys. Alan Lazard, like you know, who's that? Like Marquez Valdez Scantling, like who's that guy? I don't. I couldn't even tell you who their tight end is right now. But Aaron Rodgers is just that good. Um. He just as a pure passer and his ability, I don't think it ever went anywhere. I think injury and a new coach is kind of what happened. And now you're kind of seeing the benefits of him being in that system and Aaron Rodgers saying, screw it, I'm going to take over. I'm just going to do what I do. Whereas I feel like Mm -hmm. past, especially with Matt LaFleur and Mike McCarthy, the tail end of that, they were just kind of trying to run their offense. I, I, they need to run mm-hmm. it through number 12 more. And that seems like what they're doing now. So if you're going to let Aaron be Aaron, then you're, you're going to win a lot of games. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. And he definitely has to be in the MVP conversation. He's five and one right now. He is going to probably be the number one seed in the NFC, him or Seattle. It, it's just, he's that good. I mean, he, he can carry a team like no other. So yes, he is in the MVP conversation. He very well may get a, a third one before all said and done. Dude, I know, and I will say one one thing that is helping him out is uh, Aaron Jones and how dominant he's been running the ball. And you know the Packers are um, have a pretty good you know run young running back there, and so it's it's really fun to see. Yeah. Um. Now, kind of moving on to you know, kind of the glamour as well as the hype. You know, the Bengals chose Joe Burrow with the number overall pick. Um. In my opinion, I think he's living up to the hype. Um, obviously, the record doesn't fully show that, but I don't necessarily think it's his fault. Um, I know they've – I think they've only won one game. Mm-hmm. And I know – and uh, but what I'm seeing out of Joe Burrow for being put with, like, the worst team in the league is he's he's established himself as a leader and – I feel like he's actually put his his team in situations to win the game. Uh Um, But I think the biggest downfall for the Bengals is their defense because they've been in quite a few close games this season. I mean, you look at the last game that they just had with the Browns. I mean, it was a very close game. And it came down to the last play of the game, and Baker, you know, threw that uh, back shoulder dime and won the game, you know, so – uh, but, you know, what do you think about Joe Burrow? Do you think the Bengals made the right choice? And uh, I don't know, like, do you think – what do you think the Bengals need to do to make Joe Burrow better? So, yes, the Bengals did make the right decision in drafting Joe Burrow. To me, I, I know this is going to sound like a stretch, but the way he plays and the way he reminds me, he reminds me of, like, a young Peyton Manning. Like, this is what this guy is yeah. if he's successful. I mean, he's a little bit more athletic, yeah, granted. But, I mean, that's how good this guy is, and this is the type of quarterback you're dealing with. Um, so, yes, they did make the right decision. Now, 
you say their biggest weakness is their defense. I kind of disagree. I think it's their offensive line. If you look at it through six games, they've allowed 28 sacks on Joe Burrow, oh, which is 4.6 per game. And, you know, I heard that metric a long time ago. It's like an old football adage. If you're getting sacked once, that means you're getting hit on average four times. So think about that, 28 times four, whatever that is, yeah, over 100 times, right? So he's getting hit mm-hmm. over 100 times in six games. I think that's where the problems start. I don't know if you saw this in training camp, but there was a video that came out of Joe Burrow, uh, just, you know, first padded practice or something. And uh, he takes the snap and he rolls out left and you see the entire defensive line just collapsing on him. <laughs> no offensive <laughs> lineman to be seen. And there were so many memes that came out like, oh, Joe Burrow's going to quote unquote miss the season for COVID with this line and stuff like that. But you need to protect the guy. I, I don't think any quarterback mm-hmm. can succeed with that bout of an offensive line. Give Joe Burrow some time. He's not turning the ball over as much as I would expect with getting hit so much. I mean, this guy's going to be, this guy's going to be a superstar and a franchise carrier. Give him a couple more years, an offensive line, and you're going to see what happens. He's that good. I feel you. Um, you know, I'm trying to think with, like, the trade deadline, you know, I'm trying to think, like, could they make, like, a trade deadline kind of, like, upgrade? Because I know, I mean, A.J. Green's been there, and he's kind of on the fence if he wants to stay or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you have uh, John Ross, who publicly said that either play me and let me play or – trade me you know he's very unhappy so i mean do you do you think they could get you know maybe an offensive lineman or maybe trade or swap someone you know to no i think well yes i think they make a trade but i think they should stay sellers understand that you know an offensive lineman here isn't going to make them that much better or protect joe burrow that much that's a systemic offensive line problem they need to deal a john ross they need to deal an aj green find other weapons but i'm kind of with colin cowherd if anyone's ever listened to him he believes in building his football teams from inside out you know Mm -hmm. quarterback offensive line then the receivers i kind of think you need that capital to really invest in that offensive line and then you go from there so i don't think they should trade for an offensive lineman but you know they have some talent that they can trade and get some capital with for sure yeah, I feel you. And I actually, you know, after you, you bring up that point, I think, you know, getting maybe some picks or building it through the draft, getting some younger talent, you know, cheaper contracts, I mean, might even might be the best fit. So I, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I, I'm a believer now. <laughs> um, but, uh, dude, question for you. Do you know what time it is? Um, is it Tua time? Dude, it's two a time, dude. <laughs> what do you, uh, uh, man? What do you think about Tua, man? I mean, it's it. I have mixed feelings about it because I think uh, I was kind of hoping to see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of finish <laughs> finish out, or at least when he when he was starting to struggle, then put him in. But I mean, it seems like the the organization thinks that it's time, mm-hmm. you know, at least you know preparing with the bye, so they he has two weeks to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think about Tua? Obviously, we only we've only seen maybe two three snaps, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do you think it's do you think it's Tua time, or do you think it's too soon? Too uh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 
I will go back. I'll say one thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick. That guy's half life is like 180 years old, so he's going to keep playing. <laughs> like even after the season, he'll he'll catch on with another team. Um, so I don't think it's too soon for two a time. Um, just because you've invested a lot in him. I mean, he was the guy for years in Miami. You know, even before the draft. You know, even before the season, before they're like they're tanking for Tua. Tua is the guy. Tua is the guy. You love him that much. You might as well get the rookie in there and see what he can do. I mean, we live in an age now where, you know, even raw quarterback prospects are going to come out and play. And I think that's the best way you can really get experience is to come out and play. Now, if you're really raw and you don't know what you're looking at, sure, you're going to need to sit on the bench. But Tua is one of those guys who is a rhythm, timing, precision, smart quarterback kind of thing. Um, and so if he's got six, seven weeks to learn that, I think it's two a time. See what he can do because uh, I think he can come in and be efficient with your offense, move the ball, and do some really good things. So I think it is two a time. It is not two a soon. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he knew going in that he was going to you know, just kind of preparing the way for Tua. And I think he's done that. He's been that big brother. He's been that leader for him. And I think he's done a really good job. I mean, every every time I watch or kind of see highlights, you know, I always see him and grabbing Tua and just kind of talking with him, you know, like talking about what he saw, you know, or, you know, reading defenses and stuff like that. And I, I think he's done a good job being a, a leader to him and being a mentor. Uh, I, I think it's a little unfortunate for him because he was playing pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he has a, a right to feel heartbroken like he did because, you know, he didn't see it coming. But at the end of the day, I mean, he he's accepted his role and you know he and just like you brought up, he's a journeyman. I mean, he's he's been on so many freaking teams <laughs> and right. he still he still's got it, dude. Like he he can still rip it. He can still read a defense and even I don't think they will you know, trade him away. But like they, I mean, you could put him into like maybe some of these struggling teams, like, you know, maybe the Cowboys. I I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen or maybe the Jets, but you know, Um, and I think you could um, get a spark for some of these struggling offenses. You know, he's that kind of quarterback. He can win you a couple of games and kind of get you out of the rut. But, you know, I'm excited to see Tua. I mean, I loved watching him in Alabama. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not an Alabama fan, but I was a Tua fan, you know? Yep. Everyone and, is. He's such a good guy. Great yeah. player. Especially the miracle in the national championship game where he, he took over. He came onto the scene. As a freshman. And, yeah. It was freaking right. nuts, man. He threw a bomb. Like, it was on the money, too. Like, it was just insane. Yeah. But, um, honestly, though, what I expect to see out of Tua this week is – I mean, I believe uh, are, is Miami playing the Rams? Is that right? Yeah, they are. That's a tough matchup, but they are at home. They are at home, but I see Aaron Donald freaking getting me some some sacks and fantasy, and uh, <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a struggling coming out party for Tua, but yep. I I think there's going to be a lot of positives to build off of, and so I don't expect Tua to win against the Rams, but. Um, I think this is be a this will be a great learning experience and one uh, moment he'll never forget. So, yeah, like a hey rookie, welcome to the NFL moment. <laughs> I mean, it's a good defense. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I know I know we're running out of time, so I'm I'm gonna kind of cut things short. But um, my last thing I want to talk about, and and 
I've been hard on this quarterback ever since he was in, you know, preparing for the draft. <laughs> and uh, I, I already know you know who I'm talking about. Oh my goodness! What do you What do you think about Justin Herbert, man? I mean, I, in my opinion, I mean, my initial take was he wasn't accurate, you know. And we have seen some throws that are inaccurate, but I've seen a lot of good throws out of Justin Herbert, and I've seen a lot of composure, you know, with Justin Herbert. But <clears throat> kind of, what what is your take on San Diego, or sorry, LA? Uh, the LA Chargers and what they're doing with uh, Justin Herbert. You know, I'm upset because going into this for the past two years, I've kind of wanted the Raiders to make a play for Justin Herbert. I've believed in this guy this much, and guess where he ends up? Same freaking division as us. <laughs> we already got Patrick Mahomes, a big arm, big, you know, athletic quarterback. Now we have to freaking deal with Justin Herbert. I'm just – it's really disheartening, man. But Justin Herbert, yes, there are some inaccuracy concerns, but – I mean, Patrick Mahomes had those in college. He has those right now, you know, at times. Mm-hmm. But when you have arm talent like that and legs like that, you can make up a lot of for those inaccuracies. Like I always tell people, like, Mahomes isn't a precise passer. He's not really all that accurate. You know, he's a pretty accurate quarterback. But where he makes his money is that he has a big arm and he can extend a play and throw a bomb. You know, like mm-hmm. – that's the same vein that Justin Herbert is. And I'm not saying he's that good, but does he have the potential to be that good? Yeah, he does. Him, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, they're all the same type of quarterback to me. And that's kind of what we're looking at with Justin Herbert. So I think the Chargers made the right choice, unfortunately for me, over the next <laughs> however many years. But he's a stud. I, I don't. I don't see – it was kind of weird to me to see people kind of sour on him but seeing what obvious talent he brings and what obvious skills he brings to a team, oh, my goodness, that guy is – he's incredible. So they made the right decision, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they – you know, I, I'm, I'm eating my own words, you know, and I'm, I'm repenting and I'm trying to, you know, get over the fact that I was wrong. But, I mean, I will say they, they struck gold. And, I mean, if you look at what happened, he wasn't even expected to play pretty much this season, you know, for the most mm-hmm. part. It's very unfortunate how, you know, Tyrod Taylor got injured by their own team doctor and it just opened the door. And I think with football and the NFL, you have to capitalize on the moment and have to capitalize on your opportunities because you never know when you're going to get another one. And so I think Justin Herbert is taking the reins of that offense and that organization. And um, he's turned a lot of uh, doubters, especially me, into believers. And so – I think he's doing a good job over there in LA. So, yeah. And I, I will say, I mean, I don't think he, he's feeling this pressure, but I think he should feel a little bit of the LA pressure right now. Cause right now it, the LA, uh, or at least both teams in LA are expected <laughs> to win the title this year. I mean, you have to. <laughs> no, yeah. put that on the Rams. Don't put that on Mr. Herbert. Got to get the trifecta, dude. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, so. they, like I said, they have they have two shots. I mean, I know they're two and four right now, but you know they got the Rams and the the Chargers, and you know actually, L.A. is the Raiders' town, anyways. <laughs> so really, they have like three chances in the NFL to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm, we'll see if the we'll see if the Raiders can pull it off. So you know, three L.A. teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, Mark, thank you for coming on this episode, and I appreciate you know taking your time to. Uh, to slay it on the mic and, you know, talk a little football. So I appreciate you, man. 
Thank, thanks so much for having me. It's it's so much fun to to talk about football and to to do the podcast. Have me anytime, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Mark, and uh, thank you to our listeners out there. Appreciate your follow and continue to hit that like button and subscribe, and we'll call it a night. Thanks, Mark. All See right. ya. Take care. <laughs>